How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. With a look at the other Kansas City teams in sports, here's Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. What's up? Welcome in to Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero on yet another freezing Thursday night. What's going on? We got Chris and we got Jason Ketz in the booth. Julio's at home, sick as a dog. Julio, hope you're feeling better, bro. Hope you're listening, number one. He's not listening to <laughs> Hope you're feeling better. <laughs> I said that and I was like, oh, he's probably not even he listening. He's probably in bed right or now. hurling right now. Yeah, he's throwing up or he's <laughs> asleep right now. He ain't listening to us. I wouldn't be listening to if I was if I was if I had Julio's luck, I if I were here, I wouldn't if I were not here, I would not be listening to us. Well, geez, you neither of you are dedicated. I would be listening. First of all, I would I would I would definitely be listening. Not if I had Unless Julio's I was dying. Julio's and then I wouldn't always, be listening. Julio was always on the brink. I know, I feel bad. Week. I know. He's had a rough go at it, but we're thinking of you. But we got Jason. What's up, Jason? How you doing? Not too bad. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Jason, I'm not sure if you heard about, about I don't know, a month ago, two months ago, I had a very terrible incident with some potholes on 35. Seems like uh, it, Chris seems knows like all about it. Everybody. Um, <laughs> listen, these potholes are vicious. They are record-breaking uh and december 29th i replaced four tires due to one of the potholes getting my tire and then two night or no sunday night it was sunday night i'm just cruising and what do you know another pothole another flat tire less than 60 days later i'm i mean this something's gotta give i read an article and there were more than 1400 potholes reported in kansas city this this is crazy like (laughs) They need, I mean, they need to fix something. You know, it's what, not good. What we need to fix is we need to fix them potholes along Red Bridge Road down in South Kansas City. See, that's where the real problem is, not where you are at, Jillian. Oh, it's in no, Red Bridge no, Road oh. in Kansas City because there are probably okay. 10 potholes that are destroying people's cars. I'm good because I got a Jeep and I got 4 by 4 so I'm cruising down, down Red Bridge Road. <laughs> but everyone else on the road is dodging and they're driving into the other lanes because they're trying to avoid these potholes. And it is annoying as hell watching people dodge these potholes and drive into oncoming traffic just to do it. You need to fix Red Bridge Road, Kansas City. It's rough. I know exactly what you're talking about, too. Red Bridge and Holmes, that intersection is terrible. It is very bad. Well, Chris, I was out in South Kansas City. I was on Blue Ridge Boulevard. That's exactly where I was. Yeah, that's down where I live. Yeah, these things were, I mean, first of all, like you just said, you dodge one, you hit another one. Like, they're just everywhere. And then I have AAA, thank God. Shout out to AAA. The AAA tow truck guy, first of all, they told me it would be four hours because there's such a high volume of calls at that time. But then he finally came and he arrived not within four hours, thank God, much closer to one hour. And he said that he has been on Ward Parkway all day long, just picking up car after car after car with these potholes. I mean, 1,400 pothole reports in six weeks. 
I that's just, insane. Look, living in the Northland, we've been we've been pretty fortunate up there, and I know nobody really ventures up <laughs> okay, there. Okay, we don't want to hear about your good luck, Jason Kent. We don't want to hear about your good luck, Jason Kent. No, I'm talking about real struggles down in South Kansas City. We got some major problems. Redbridge Road is a is a war zone. There is there are are just craters in the road all over <laughs> yeah. there, and I'm fine because I got four by four, and we're all good. But all these people driving around in Priuses and Ford Focuses and Nissan Altimas <laughs> and all these regular vehicles, I and mean, they are dodging, they are driving into oncoming traffic, and I am concerned for my safety. Kansas City, can we can we get our stuff together? So what I'm hearing is that the temperature, it can't, well, they cannot repair them due to the temperature not raising above 40 degrees and maintaining above 40 degrees. And so they basically, the city has come out and said, we're not going to repair them, but we will reimburse you if you, I think you have to send a photo of the pothole. You have to send receipts of your tire, your tow truck, et cetera. There's no way in hell I'm going to get repair or reimbursed from the city, but I'll sit here and whine about it until they repair them. But <laughs> I just, th- this is ridiculous though. I mean, like you said, if they're not hitting the potholes, people are driving around them and swerving all over the place. It's a mess. Hubcaps flying everywhere. It's just very, very bad. And th- it's got to get fixed. It's just got to get fixed. I don't really believe Kansas City when they said they're going to do that. Maybe maybe I'm wrong here, but I have a hard time believing because this has always been a problem every single year. Every year when it gets re- this cold, we always got this pothole issue. This this year is uh, worse than usual because of all the snow that we've Way had. Way worse. But usually yeah. we got pothole issues along Red Bridge. We got pothole issues along State Line. And and this is nothing different. Blue Ridge is always bad, too. I, mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing that they're going to reimburse everybody because, frankly, the, the city might run out of money. We can't even salt the roads right whenever it's cold outside, <laughs> whatever's going to snow. So I don't. I'm not 100% sure they're going to do that. I know. I I highly doubt they will. They uh, came out with a report that said they fixed um, 50 potholes on Gregory Boulevard. Like they were literally were repairing a string of 50 potholes on one road. <laughs> like what? How does that even happen? This is crazy. Gregory's not even. Gregory is not as important as as uh, Red Bridge Road. Yeah, but take, they went to go there Gregory. first because the rich people live there. Rich people on Gregory? It's Isn't a, that close to the plaza by Ward? No, and, it's like Raytown. Yeah, Meyer it's Raytown. Circle. It's right by the stadium. Well, I guess I guess it depends on which part. But fifty potholes. I'm sure they went up and down the entire entire road. But still, this is it's not good, people. It's not good. We got the weather acting up. We got schools closing. We got potholes everywhere. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> But anyway, I had to buy another new tire. I wasn't happy about it. I'm, uh, I, here's my other beef is that I actually had road hazard warranty on the four tires that I purchased. And when I called the company, I won't name names because I will rip them up. I already ripped them apart on the phone. Um, they said, ma'am, you have road hazard war, you have a road hazard warranty. However, that doesn't cover potholes. And so I asked, you know, what does it cover? Because what is a road hazard to me? A road hazard is clearly a pothole. And he said, no, uh, it's, it would, it would, um, cover the tread on your tire. And I'm like, well, that's the tire warranty, not road hazard. Oh, I was, we went back and forth for quite some time. I had to hang up the phone. I had to call back at a later time when I wasn't going to bite his head off. 
but it wasn't a good day. It wasn't a good day after the first time I had to buy four new tires, and then this time I had to buy another tire. It's not good. I'm ready for spring, to say the least. I'm ready for this weather to be done and gone. See, I'm actually really interested in hearing Jillian Carroll yell at somebody on the phone, because I don't know if she really yelled at this person on the phone. Uh, you could call him up and ask him because he'll tell you right away. I yes, don't know that if woman his was crazy. version of yelling and my version of yelling are the same as yours. Uh, you're a really nice person. So when you're mad, you're like happy mad. I don't know if your no. version of mad is enough, is where, what he would consider or what I would consider. I don't know about, about you, Jason, but I, I simply don't know if I would consider your version of mad, your version of ripping into somebody the same as my version of ripping into somebody. Yeah, probably not. I, I would I would probably side with you a little bit. Yeah. Jillian, you seem you seem very lively, you seem very bubbly. You seem like the type of person who it would take a grave amount to, to get mad at somebody. She would like be smiling I mean, and making... laughing, telling someone to go to hell. <laughs> I can imagine Jillian no, doing that. That's that's the thing. I would although I do uh I do curse like a sailor. I would not curse at this person, and I did not. However, I was incredibly adamant and cl- incredibly clear that he was either in- uninformed what a damn road hazard was, or he just needed to explain to... I, I just was very, very upset. <laughs> so for the record, you did and not curse at this person, right? No, I did not. Then you weren't that mad. Okay, so You can't be that mad and not curse when- at somebody. <laughs> When someone knows your name, they know your address, they've met you in person, and they know who you are, you can't be cursing at them because then they're going to go put you out on Front Street and no one's going to understand why I was cursing at the man. Didn't you ever see, who's that ESPN reporter that ripped up, ripped apart that woman? when she she is no longer the ESPN reporter. She was at the time. Okay, but... And I believe she was wrong because I did watch that and I did believe that she was incorrect how she treated that woman. But if I go to this man at the tire place and rip him apart and curse up and down and I don't expect him to go put that out there, then I'm the idiot. So, no, I did not curse at the man, but I explained to him multiple times ways in different languages, in different forms of communication that he was either lying to me or uninformed of what a road hazard was. (laughs) How many languages did you use? You said different languages. How many languages did you actually use? Use. And what well, you sign did language. You <laughs> because I don't believe you use that many languages. I think I think <laughs> you were just using a figure of speech here. I don't think you used that many languages yes, when you were talking I to was. this person. Thank you for calling me out on that. Yes, I was, but I was not in person. It was over the phone, and that was even worse. And so, so even it was your just sign very language bad. Wouldn't have been effective. <laughs> You're right. So I had to hang up the phone and call back at a different time. And I was incredibly grateful when another employee answered the phone. I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) And then I had to shovel out another 200 bucks for another tire, even though I just bought four of them. It was just not what I wanted to be doing on a Monday morning. Well, as long as they're not finance bar listeners, I'm cool with it. They are. They might be. No, I'm just playing. No, no, we can't do that, Jillian. We got to hush hush on the... (laughs) On the, the free gifts and like, like, like that. I don't think we could do that according to the law. No, I did not do that. I asked up and down, but I did not. But anyway, the tire drama hopefully is done and gone for now. Although I, I we're going to get more weather this weekend, aren't we? Yes. So listen, people, I'm going to need everybody to stay in the house. And I'm going to Uber everywhere I go, apparently, because my twice. tires. I ain't about to go nowhere <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> it's going to be rough. In other news... Um, we have a good show for you guys coming up today. Um, bunch of stuff going on. We do need a little 610 combine update. If you haven't been following along, um, listening in the mornings or even just following on social, 
the uh, 610 crew put themselves through a little combine action, um, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Um, I wish I could have been there to watch it in person because I think I would have been rolling on the ground laughing. But what's the update right now? Who, are we, who do we have in the front? We have Vern, I believe. No. Yeah, uh, no, it'll be uh, Brandon Kylie is in front. Uh, I believe he has 32 points, and then Vern is All in right. second place at 28. Uh, and then it just kind of goes down from there. But, uh, yeah, Brandon <laughs> Kylie seems to be the uh, the front runner. And 40-yard uh, dash, uh, you'll find those results out tomorrow morning on Show and Vern at 1030. So make sure you're listening. I believe that. the bottom two are uh, Ron the Show Hughley and Ryan Wachowski, <laughs> respectively. Correct. Yes, that would, oh, be, that would be correct. <laughs> you got to use big words Very when good. on the radio. <laughs> I wish I was there, dude. That would be so funny. Like I just wish I got to witness that. Yeah, I think all we all do. I think everybody wishes we could we could witness this combine in action because it sounds like it's a pretty hilarious thing. <laughs> well, so we got to catch uh, the show tomorrow at ten thirty, and they'll they'll update us on the rest. I'm guessing Hughley stays in the in the, you know like bringing up. The I mean, I, I don't want to throw shade at my fellow <laughs> six tenner, so I'm not gonna say because <laughs> I'm not in the greatest shape myself. I need to to get back. <laughs> That's in why the you're gym. not saying anything. Yeah. So I'm I'm not gonna throw shade like that. Yo, you know, we pe- didn't get the invite, did we? We did not. Clearly, we're not a show, so we didn't get. We're an not invite. that cool, huh? Dang. Is I don't think Bink's in it either. So yeah, we didn't get an invite. None of us. Dang. None of us. In Bink did the wonderlick, but I don't believe he did any of the. Bink did the wonderlick. He did the what did he score? What he score? Do you know uh, what he scored? Not high enough, but I clear. I know that, but <laughs> I just want to know what he scored. Uh, let me double check on that video real quick uh, up at uh, yeah, yeah, give, us that, give us that update the after Facebook the after page. the break and the Facebook page. <laughs> they were just scared of us, in Sarah. They were scared. I think of they us. were intimidated. I would have killed the bench press. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough of my tire drama. A little six ten update for you guys. When we come back, we'll dive into we got sporting, we got U.S. Women's National Team, and we have a stellar female athlete making waves uh collegiate football um lots to come so don't go anywhere we'll be back soon jillian carroll and uno Cero. all right we're back it's jillian carroll and uno Cero, and we got jason Katz in the booth boots with us tonight and in what less than an hour now uh sporting kansas city will take on Toluca down in Mexico after a crushing win, a 3-0 victory at Children's Mercy Park just about a week ago. Uh, this is going to be a big get, a big match and uh, could be very interesting because the day after Sporting beat Toluca in Kansas City, Toluca fight, or was it the day after they fired their manager? I believe it was, it the was day after? two or three two days. days. I think after? it was like three days after. Yeah. Because I, I think I sent you okay. that on Monday. It was Friday or Monday. It was one of those two days. Because I was laughing about it when I saw that. That uh, I saw it. Uh, I think it was on the Cauldron page on Facebook. And I was laughing. Yeah, I mean, it was off. everywhere after that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, was, it a, was really bad. Well, I mean, they didn't score a goal in what? Like seven matches or something like that? Yeah, they were really bad. They had like one win then, in seven matches. Yeah, that was rough. And then they play a team, Sporting Kansas City, who had yet to play a full match, a full actual match, other than preseason games, and uh, got crushed 3-0. So uh, that's what happens, and then the uh, somebody's got to go, so it's got to be the manager, so he's out. So could be an interesting matchup tonight. We were talking earlier, <laughs> hope it stays clean, hope it stays uh, 
hope they're good sports about things. Hopefully nobody throws <laughs> no, think... a, a cup full of piss at any of our players. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, that happened. Landon Donovan, when he was playing in Mexico, somebody threw a cup of That's piss nasty. at him. So as long That's as disgusting. no one does that, I think we're good. Well, I mean, you know how soccer is in different countries and different regions of the world, and it's uh, it's different down in Mexico than it is up in the States. So <laughs> you're right. That could be... We could see that. But uh, what are you thinking about this this match? What do you think? Do you have a result? Uh, do you have a prediction? I uh, See, here's the, here's the thing about it is, like, this sporting team, this is a very, very long road trip. They're traveling all the way down to Mexico. So that, oh, yeah. I, I don't know in, where in Mexico Toluca is, but, you know, I'm, it, it, I mean, it's pretty far down south. There's a lot more south than any of the cities that they play in here in the <laughs> United States in the MLS. So, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a hostile environment. That crowd is going to be very, mm-hmm. very angry because the team has not been playing very well, and they just fired their manager. And when you fire your manager like that, especially this early in the season, it's it's panic time. Everybody's like, okay, we're not seeing the results that we thought we were going to see because everybody who who looked at the matchup, uh, you know, from that the the this matchup from the outside in before they knew what Toluca was was looking at. It was like, okay, Toluca's a good team. This is going to be a tough test for Sporting. And Sporting made it look easy over at Children's Mercy Park mm-hmm. a week ago. So I think for this matchup, if they could walk out with a 1-1 draw, you're happy. Because even if, even if this team kind of seems to be in turmoil, it's completely different when you go from playing in Kansas City in you know, 20-degree weather, which I'm sure that Toluca team is not used to, to playing in, right. versus going <laughs> and playing in Mexico. You're in a hostile environment. It's nice and warm in Mexico, a lot more... Uh, balmy than it is here in Kansas City in in February. And I think it's a situation where they're going to be playing against a hostile crowd and a team that might be energized after having fired their coach. Oh, yeah. They're not going to be happy by any means. I do think it is going to be a challenge for Sporting Kansas City being that um, the altitude is going to be an issue. So they sit at about 8,700 feet, 8,700 feet. So it's going to be an issue for Sporting. Now, Sporting's known for always being a pretty fit team. Um... They, you know, it's early in the season, though, so I do think that that's going to be a challenge for them. But breaking down, looking at both rosters, Toluca has two guys out, one with a broken leg, one with a broken toe. Sporting has nobody listed as out. Obviously, we saw Daniel Shallowy with the cat. It was a calf injury. That's why Gerso Fernandez started, and Fernandez kept the starting spot, so we didn't get to see Shallowy. Um, But both teams appear to be pretty healthy, aside from those two guys out. Um, with Toluca. But yeah, I think it's going to be a big matchup. I think that the last, you know, Sporting's first CCL game, that I think they made a big statement. I think, um, I think people were hopeful for a win, but I don't think people expected a 3 0 thrashing victory like that. So I think they made a big, bold statement starting off 20, 2019. And I think that this game could even be a bigger one if they back it up, right? So people could say, oh, that was a fluke. That was. There's so many different reasons why it went their way, but I think if they come out and advance out of the first um, first round of this CONCACAF Champions League, I think that will turn some heads and really make a big statement for sporting. I can confirm that Toluca is uh, not too far outside of Mexico City. And as you said before, oh, you the did some research. I, I Googled it really quick <laughs> while you were talking. And uh, it's, yeah, you said it was what, 8,700 feet uh, above sea level? Yeah. So, yeah, it's way yeah. more than Denver is. And uh, we already yep, know so that it's gonna be a... we already know that when these athletes go to Denver and play there, it is a, it's a readjustment there. 
I went to Denver, I think it was a year and a half ago, and I was like reading stuff up on it. So I was going to make sure I wasn't going to like choke to death up there coming from Kansas City. And <laughs> they, I think it said like you work out, if you're like working out there, you're working out at probably, what is it like 80%, 60 to 80% of your regular capacity when you go, when you go to that high of an elevation from like an elevation in our city. So uh, it's going to be something that's going to be an adjustment for all of them because uh, these guys don't really play very many games with, you know, that high elevation. And uh, early in the season, uh, yeah, it could, be a, it could be a little bit of trouble for them. That's the reason why I think if you get out with a 1-1 uh, tie, you, you have 4-1 in the aggregate, you, you're feeling pretty good about how you started out this oh, yeah. the calf tournament. Absolutely. Now, this made me think back to um... – the NFL match or game that did not take place down in Mexico was supposed to be Chiefs and Raiders, right? Chiefs and, and Rams. Um, Chiefs and Rams, my bad. Chiefs and Rams. And uh, good old Big Red took the mindset that we didn't need to. He didn't need to bring the Chiefs down there a week early to get acclimated, to get used to the weather, you know, to to get their training and, and week of, of practicing. He did not play into the altitude making a difference, but the Rams did. They went down there, and obviously they were having some awful fires and, and some issues there that, you know, there was safety was an issue, so they did need to move to be safe to get their practices in. But I don't know. I know that there has been studies that show that the altitude doesn't really play a part unless you're there for, what, more than, was it 48 hours and then you really start feeling it. But I don't know. I think that this is a big, I mean, 8,700 feet. And the fact that it is, they're still not match fit yet. I mean, they're brand spanking in, fresh into this into the season. So I do think it will play a role. Um, but I also think of guys like Johnny Russell and Graham Zussi and Felipe Gutierrez just with the engine that they can just go on forever. So... Who knows? I think, like you said, though, it's going to be one of those matches that they just need to get in and get out, uh, stay healthy, avoid injuries, and, and heck, if it's a draw, it's a draw because they advance with a draw, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, the only thing that would that would keep them from advancing, I believe, would be a 4 nothing loss. I was going to say it would have to be They'd have to lose by four one goals. more goal. Yeah, and yeah. that would be... Pretty tricky when you got somebody like Tim Millie in the goal, but you know it'd be, I mean, it'd be embarrassing. It'd be a bad sign to start the season <laughs> off. They lose four. They lose by four goals, uh, or just four nothing in general. I think it'd be a very bad sign. I'm thinking back to the three 0 victory. Um, I'm happy for Namath that he was able to find the back of the net because I think that was going to be a big piece of his confidence for the entire season. Obviously, we know the debate with the number nine and your feelings on Namath, uh, but I am happy for him that he was able to get one um, in the game, in the match. Obviously, he missed the first opportunity, remember that? But yes, he was able I to remember. find one, so I think that... <laughs> how could you not? I was I think that was a good start for him. <laughs> also, I was happy for Gerso Fernandez for finding the back of the net. Really one of those uh, next man up kind of example of the next man up mentality that Shallowy went down with a calf injury down in Tucson while during preseason and Fernandez got the opportunity stepped in did a great job earned the start against Toluca and did a great job um not only did he find some you know put some points on the board but he also just played a good game like I was surprised with him I was I was pleasantly uh, I surprised I to see his I performance say that he played a great game he had a, he had a nice in comparison goal. to what we saw he did, but in comparison to what we saw last season, I don't think we saw the right 
I don't think we saw the best Gerso Fernandez last season. I mean, uh, I toward the end, excuse me. I don't me. think we really – that first half, he was a little shaky out there. He was uh, – like, he, he I accidentally – I thought he did well. I thought he, he accidentally assisted Namath on that goal. It listen. was an accident. <laughs> that was, was not intentional. Tom Bogart from MLS Soccer backed me up on the fact that that was definitely He's an assist, nice, by the way. because he likes you. He was being <laughs> nice. That's not if, – if, if, I'm pretty sure when he got up the phone, he was like, that wasn't an assist. That was an accident. Whatever, it was an assist, and you know it. It's not an assist. He didn't mean no. for that ball to go towards Namath. He just it just happened to get out because he had three guys there, and he didn't know Namath mm-hmm. was behind him. And Namath being you know being heads up and being very keyed in on what was going on, he realized, oh, Jerso needs some help over here. Jerso might be uh, trying to run into this group and see if he can jump into a player and get a foul. And Whatever. Namath was in the right right time, right place, got himself a goal. Very mm-hmm. very good goal by Namath. Mm-hmm. But. Speaking of goals, you cannot talk about this to look a victory without the banger of a goal from Ilya. First ever goal in the run of play for this man. Just hammered one home. That was a beauty. I was happy for him. Yeah, I'm really happy for Ilya. Ilya is one of those guys. He's quietly been one of the best players on this team. Um, oh, he's, he's not hands the, down. He's not the fancy, flashy player like you see uh, Johnny Rockets or, uh, or Shallowy are. He's not the big goal scorer. You know, he's a CDM, so he's not going to be a big goal scorer out there. Um, but he's a guy that he's he's very much – he's very, very important on the defensive side, uh, especially in the middle there. And that's one of the things that you're – you know, when you play the kind of system that uh, that PV runs at, at sporting, you play that right. CDM position, you're going to be an unsung hero. Uh, but I will say this. Oh, yeah. I really, really like what he's done since he's come into this team. I mean, he, he got that starting role, and he's kept it ever since, and he's been one of the key guys. So I really like the fact that and, – and I want him to shoot more because I think all the guys playing in the <laughs> midfield should shoot more. If you're going to – if you got to rely on Namath, you should shoot more from your midfield. No. He won't. He will. He is by far the linchpin that connects the back line to the offense. He continues to maintain possession. Everything goes through him, whether it – actually touches him or not he has a hand in everything that happens with sporting kansas city and that's what peter vermees wanted he is a true number six and he does his job uh but if you ask him he will tell you no no no. i don't score goals i, I don't score goals that's yeah. not my job yeah not, but not he had a CDM banger spot, of a goal no so it's it's just not his thing but he's he scored on many dead but you know uh penalty kicks he's he's finished many penalties so he has goals to hit behind his name however first goal in the run of play so i was very happy for him so uh let's turn the tables to u.s women's soccer when we return don't go anywhere jillian carroll and uno cero We're back. It's Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero, and we got Jason Ketz in the booth with us tonight, and we are now talking U.S. Women's National Team. So they kicked off the She Believes Cup in Philly, and they went 2-2. It was a draw with USA versus Japan. It was a 2-2 draw. Um, Hearing from... Captain Alex Morgan after the game, she said it was a good game, but we should have done better, and we could have done better. Um, Chris, you just pointed out they held Japan to five shots. Five shots and two goals. Two five, on, two on five target, shots, two, goals. two goals. And that is uh, that's an alarming stat right there to be on the defensive side of. Um, you know, Megan Rapino mentioned... It, we just had to do better in all circumstances, and she just basically alluded to the fact that there was a couple of uh, 
couple of moments where they just didn't take advantage of, of opportunities that were created. So is it something to worry about? Uh, no, in my opinion. I feel as if they went undefeated in 2018. This little draw could maybe open their eyes to the fact that, hey, you know, we got to get serious again. They are... They announced, I think it was yesterday now, they are 100 days out um, to the opportunity to defend their World Cup, um, to defend their title. So in 100 days, they will go defend their title. And I think that this draw with Japan, who is a known contender, um, I think it's going to be a positive at the end of the day. I think that players owned it and said, hey, we did all right, but we didn't do great, and we have to do great in order to be the U.S. women's national team who's going to defend their title here in 100 days. Yeah, I don't think it's something you should really be concerned about because we know one-game situation, one-game sample size. Uh, Soccer is one of those crazy sports where you can be a team that's better than your opponent and you just don't play very well, you play to a draw, or you even lose from time to time. So, um, now obviously, you know, the United States women's team has not gotten to a point where they're losing to teams that they probably should be beating, but... They're in a position now where, you know, a draw feels like a loss because they've been so dominant. Um, right, yeah, when I mean, they were undefeated for a year. Exactly, exactly. So when you look at the statistics, yeah, five shots, two on goal. Obviously, they produced two goals. Um, but they, they got a lot of fouls. They got ten fouls on the game, which is <laughs> a little bit out of characteristic for the United States women's national team. Um, but they didn't get any yellow cards or red cards. They were offside three times. You had eight corner kicks, twice as many as what Japan had. So they had mm-hmm. a lot of opportunities. They could have scored a lot more goals. It was just a matter of sloppy play, you not taking advantage of the opportunities you were given. They had 13 shots. I think six of them were on goal. Um, so they, they, even though they had opportunities, they had shots, they weren't you know, really challenging the, the goalkeeper as much as they probably should have. And they did a really good job defensively of keeping Japan away from their goal. But when Japan right. got their opportunities, they took advantage of it. And, you know, in, in, in the sport of soccer, all it takes is a team just taking advantage of the very few opportunities they get. And all of a sudden, the game changes drastically. Right, right. Just not taking opportunities that, or taking advantage of the opportunities, which they cannot do. But something I love about this team is they are taking, you know, responsibility for it. Um, and they're saying, yep, you know, we should have done better. We could have done better. Um, and they are totally owning this. Okay, now all eyes are on us. Like you said before, you know, they, they're wearing the target on their back and, and they're fully aware of it 100 days until they defend their title. Um, an update, they do continue on with the She Believes Cup. So uh, USA played Japan, and then at the same time, England played Brazil. England won 1-0 over Brazil. Now this coming Saturday, USA will play England, and Brazil will play Japan. Um, I think this, is, this She Believes Cup is really cool just because it does travel across the United States. And um, I know last time we talked, <laughs> it was on my soapbox a little bit about U.S. men's you soccer <laughs> and U.S. women's soccer, but I think if you google any search or watch any game of this she believes cup you'll see it the fandom uh that this team has as they travel through the u.s is incredible and the people come at you know little girls to big girls to men and women to little boy soccer players they're all out they're supporting these women they're the best in the world and this group of fans in the u.s fully support them and just come out with all the red white and blue all the face paint and it's a perfect prep to go represent their country um, over in France at the World Cup. So 
I think that this tournament, uh, it's friendly, obviously, but I think it's going to be exactly what they need for preparation into when, you know, July is not that far away. No, June, geez, is not that far away. Um, <laughs> I think I really like about these tournaments is that I, they do a really good job of showcasing that America has a really good team in soccer. Because obviously, mm-hmm. with the men's national team, we've had a lot of heartbreak in our time watching them. I mean, there's a lot of times where we're watching this team and they they frustrate the hell out of us. Hell, they didn't even make the they didn't make the tournament last year. So obviously, definitely frustrating for us. But this women's team in my lifetime has been one of the more dominant teams I have seen play in any sort of international competition in, in American sports. And one of the things that we know is that. Um, you know, in, in probably in the last six years or so, um, well, like five years, America has really jumped in with the U.S. men's national team because of patriotism. You know how it is during the Olympics. People are, like, patriotic, so they start rooting for sports that they don't watch, like swimming. You know, they root for Michael Phelps <laughs> because, like, nobody cares about swimming, but it's an American that's dominating, so we're like, yeah, let's go, right. America, you know. Exactly. And that's how I think, the, the uh, women's national team can really expand the fan base is by playing to that patriotism that people have and by touring around the country and facing off these against these uh, other really good teams, these other really good nations, and showing that, hey, we're really good. You should come watch us. It's one of the things that's going to build up some of that patriotic pride in the in sports fans. It's going to get them to want to watch because America, bleep yeah, like that's how it is for uh, that's how you're gonna play into that uh, you know people's emotions and get them to want to watch this team you know because I mean that's how it was for the U.S. men's national team back in 2014 and obviously you know clearly it didn't happen in 2018 but it would have happened the same way. <laughs> There's a lot of people that don't know. Uh, I was about to curse. I was about to curse there, about to say something <laughs> I couldn't say. Uh, but there's a lot of people that don't know a damn thing about soccer that are rooting for United States in that 2014 World Cup because America. So that's how uh, we could really play on that if we uh, if if the women are continuing to do what they're doing here with this She Believes Cup and obviously with the tournament Tournament of Nations last year. Yes, but I have to tell you that they are cheering USA women because they're so good. Yeah, it's yeah. not only just, because it's USA, a, USA. Yeah, right. But I, I think most, I, the, especially when the World Cup comes around, most people are going to root for them because it's the USA. Because soccer isn't that mainstream yet, and so when the World Cup came, it was mostly USA, USA. It wasn't a whole lot about yes, the men's soccer team. It was more so patriotism. Now, once you get enough people watching the game enough, then obviously you'll make some soccer fans out of that fan base. And then from there, you'll be able to do it. But right now, soccer isn't really big enough for it to be like people appreciating the talent level of this women's team. But it's more so America. No, but if you give these women a TV deal and showcase their skill and their victories and their track record of success, then it does become... A norm, you know. Then it does become one of the big, one of the big sports in our country. But you. until then, and again, I'm not going to get back on the soapbox. You sound like you were dusting week. it off, and you sound like you were getting ready to step back on it. <laughs> I mean, you brought it up as far as it's not a mainstream. It is. Well, why not? Yeah. Because he's. Well, why? Soccer's there is not plenty big of success. America, soccer's not big enough in America yet. Like once, it's because our men aren't good. If you make right. the, if you right. put. If you flip-flop that and the women's record, you give that to the men, 
Soccer is our favorite sport. Soccer is the U.S. game. I don't agree with that. Uh, I think, I think as, as much be... success as they've had, if they were men, this uh, country would love soccer. I don't know about that. Kate. You'd be talking about soccer on sports radio from the morning uh, to the night. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I'm not 100 sold. If on we that. dominated the world in any sport, you damn right, well, we USA, USA, in, USA. We dominated. We dominated in swimming when Phelps was doing it, but we didn't talk about swimming outside of the. the okay, you dominate in a team sport. And it is USA's favorite thing sure in the world. We're pretty good at water polo. I Come on now, you're reaching too far <laughs> for me sure on that good one. At water polo. <laughs> I just don't think soccer's there yet as far as its popularity goes. But I think once it does, I think you'll start to see more appreciation for the women's game for sure. I agree. All right, we'll get off this soccer kick. When we come back, we'll talk about a female college high school athlete that is signing college and making big waves. Don't go anywhere. We'll talk about that next. Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. And we're back. It is Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero on 610 AM Sports Radio. Thanks for hanging with us tonight. This next segment we are dedicating to an incredible high school athlete. Uh, excuse me, turning college athlete. Uh, Tony, she goes by Tony Antoinette Harris made history when she signed a letter of intent to play at Central Methodist University in Fayette, Missouri. And now she's playing a non-kicking, a skill position. She's set to become one of the first female football players in school history and the first female skill position player to sign a letter of intent to play college football on a scholarship. This is amazing to me. Um, I am a former college athlete. I am a former only girl on the boys' football team. <laughs> player however i was 11 and 12 years old um trying to put myself in her position i um am at a loss i think that this is a wildly brave move and a bold move and pretty cool um tony is a native of detroit she's 5'5 135 pounds um had a couple scholarship offers had another offer to bethany college in Lindbor, kansas um has she appeared three in three games for East Los Angeles College. A um, couple tackles and a pass breakup. So she clearly can play, um, but I still am, you know, just trying to walk in the shoes that she's going to be. I mean, this is going to be tough on her as a woman, as a student, as a college athlete in general. Um, but I think this is an incredible story and um, pretty admirable, which I think is... is um, I mean, I'm just blown away by it, really. I think it's a really interesting story because, you know, and this is me speaking as a former college uh, intramural athlete. Um, I yes. can tell you that um, she's going to have to deal with a whole hell of a lot more than anyone else who has uh, ever stepped foot at Central Methodist University to play football because um, we know the perception of women in sports from a lot of guys. There's a lot of toxic masculinity in the sport of football. It's really, really bad. This is, I used to play football in high school, and it was really bad. And I hope that that team doesn't try to treat her differently because she's a girl. Because I think it's one of the things that, that could very much cause an issue with her because, frankly, I don't want I, – I know that I, if, if I were in her position, I would not want to be insulted by people trying to think that, hey, we got to coach you differently because you're a girl. But I also hope that there's not the issue of – Guys out there who are intimidated by a woman playing their sport 
and feeling like they've got to target her. Because we have seen stories in high school where there are athletes. Uh, we saw this in wrestling a few times. I think I was talking about this with Kets during the break. Where I think, the, what was it in the state of, uh, what was it? Um, it was Nebraska. Nebraska. In Nebraska, there was a, the, a story recently about a high school player who refused to wrestle with a, uh, a female right. wrestler because she was a girl. And the thing is, is I hope that there are no players on, on her team or on any of these other teams that are going to be like, she's a girl, I'm not going to cooperate. Or if there's, if there's an opposing team, she's a girl, she shouldn't be here, I'm going to target her. I really hope we don't have <laughs> that sort of issue going on here because it does kind of concern me because we've seen this stuff happen when women integrate into a male-dominated field of any kind. There's a little bit of toxic masculinity. There's a little bit of insecurity on the part of the men. And uh, frankly, I hope that it doesn't permeate into her into her experience as an athlete playing at Central Methodist University. And I hope there's no coaches out there that are looking at her and think they have to treat her differently because that to me is very, very concerning. And especially at a skill position, because it's different when you're a kicker, because kickers get treated differently anyways. You know, they're they're <laughs> kind of ostracized from the team. But it's different. Was she a safety? She's a safety. And so she's going to be expected to hit people hard. She's going to be expected to take mm-hmm. people down, and she's going to be expected to be a key part of that defense. So I really hope that everybody is going to treat her the same way they're going to treat the other guys. And I hope that they're not going to go out and try to target her because – uh, frankly, we know how that sport can be. I can tell you how that sport is because I played it for a couple years in high school, and uh, it is one of those sports where people let their emotions and let their insecurities get ahead of what the logic should be. And so I, I honestly hope that that's not the case because uh, this could be a really, really good story if she does go out there and ball out on the field. Yeah, I, I agree with you. This is an emotional game, an emotional sport. Um, I worry about being a teammate for her. I worry about her team camaraderie. I've been the only female in a room multiple times, whether it be on the football team or whether it be on a sports broadcast team. And no matter what, a female is going to be held to higher standards in in order to earn trust of her teammates and earn credibility, if you will. Um, So I hope that she's going to be afforded opportunity to show that, hey, I'm here because I can play. And I'm here because I want to work hard. And I hope she, like you just said, I hope she earns the opportunity to ball out and play and do her thing. Um, we did see her featured in a Toyota commercial during the Super Bowl. Um, it was an empowering message about women athletes, and she was featured there. And I think that's where a lot of um, press and publicity went her way. But I really appreciated this. Um, when she was deciding where she wanted to play, she said that she chose CMU due to Coach Callaway, who recruited her there. Um, Coach Callaway was communicating with her about playing at CMU prior to the Super Bowl commercial. So I appreciate that she said that she wanted to go play for Callaway because Callaway was interested in her before, you know, that big commercial came. So um, it sounds like it's a good good move for her. It's a good move for the school. Obviously, they were serious about her and communicated with her in regard to coming over. And, you know, hopefully she'll go out and do her thing. Um but being that only female in a male-dominated anything, whether it be in a male-dominated industry in the you know corporate industry or sports it's going to be like 
more eyes are going to be on her. Standards are going to be set higher for her. And I hope she crushes them. She did her thing in high school. Cool story about her that she said the highlight of her high school season was when they played the homecoming game. She played the whole first half. And then at halftime, she was crowned homecoming queen. I think that's amazing. Um, even more, um, admirable and even more telling us why Tony Harris is going to be successful is the fact that she did go through 16 rounds of chemo when she was diagnosed with stage one ovarian cancer back in 2015. Um, and she went through remission is obviously playing now and healthy and has dreams to play in the NFL. So really cool story. Um, I believe that she shows enough character, enough talent and enough, um, will to, you know, just stay dedicated to, to, break these barriers and to do something that no one's ever been done so um really cool story chris when you brought this to us i was thrilled to, to learn about it and i think it'll be cool to follow her she's in the midwest dude she's in missouri so she's gonna be one that we're gonna have to follow were you ever voted homecoming queen when you were in high school i was not yeah i uh that's not a one that's one of the things in my uh high school career i never got to accomplish was being homecoming king i uh <laughs> It was one of the things I wanted. I always wanted to be part of the royal court, and I wanted to walk down and, you know, wave at the peons and the peasants. But I never got to do that. It was uh, the one of my greatest. And the yeah, I would have. I would have taken the royal. So basically, to you head. and I were peons and peasants because we weren't on yeah, the exactly, court. Is exactly. that what you're saying? We didn't get our comeuppance. <laughs> I wanted to look down and uh, and be elitist about my position in the royal court, and I clearly didn't get my day. You're too much. I was disappointed. You. You're too much. Hey, I don't know if he was homecoming king or not, but Xavier Berry scored his uh, 12,000th point for UMKC. Uh, 1,000th point, thousandth point for UMKC. Only 12 people to ever do that for the Ruse. So shout out to Xavier Berry. Um, up ahead this weekend, Friday night, Saturday night, the Mavericks are in action against the Idaho Steelheads. If you're out and about, come say hi. I'll be there. Otherwise... This is uh, Chris and uh, Jason Ketz and Jillian Carroll signing off. Thanks for listening to Jillian Carroll and Ocero. Catch us next week. We'll be here. Hopefully, it'll be warmer. Have Peace. a good one. Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 